Talk Live. It's your show. You can dial toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. All kinds of uh, stuff to talk about here tonight. Your calls, if you decide to make them. Uh, last night, I I said we were going to talk about how Obama has broken yet another campaign promise. And, of course, nobody should be surprised about this. Barack Obama is a politician just like any other politician. And this the process works the same way all the time. Whether it's a presidential election or a local election, politicians say one thing and then they do something completely different when they end up getting into office. And but so, I was hopeful he would change that. <laughs> were you really? No. Okay. <laughs> And so this time around, we're going to give you the details on exactly what he did. As the Associated Press points out, one of President Barack Obama's campaign pledges went up with uh, in puffs of smoke on Wednesday. The largest increase in tobacco taxes took effect despite Obama's promise to not raise taxes of any kind on families earning under $250,000 or individuals under 200000 And this is one tax that disproportionately affects the poor who are most likely to, or rather more likely to smoke than the rich. Mm. And in fact, the detail... Well, he didn't mean that. Oh, right, right there. Sure, he didn't mean it. Well, anyway, that's what ended up being what happened. In fact, the law raises the tobacco tax nearly 62 cents. Now, this is the federal tobacco tax. So when you're buying a pack of cigarettes, you're paying federal and local in sale and uh, state sales taxes on that cigarette uh, pack. So tack on, uh, so they've raised it 62 cents to a dollar one. So a whole dollar and one penny is going to be federal taxes on that next pack of cigarettes that uh, that you buy once this goes into effect. I'm not sure if it's in effect now or will be in effect within a few months, but the, the law has been passed. So many people just think of income tax when they think of federal taxes. They don't really right. even – it's hard to even begin to wrap your head around all the taxes and so many of them hidden. You can't possibly because you – know, exactly. There are, most of them are hidden. When you go to the grocery store and you're buying uh, groceries – if you're in a, a state where they don't charge tax on groceries, you may say to yourself, well, there's no taxes on these. But that's not true. You're paying in – if you buy a loaf of bread, you're paying all of the taxes that the store is paying, whatever the corporate taxes are that they're paying. You're paying every tax that the corporation that manufactured the bread uh, pays. You're paying all the taxes the shipping company paid in order to get the bread to the store. Every entity, every business person that is between you and the original uh, manufacturer paid taxes, including the original manufacturer, and you're paying for all of that in the cost of that loaf of bread, which is why, as you say, Dale, it's impossible to calculate, because even if we could calculate it on that one loaf of bread, then you get to go ahead and calculate it on all the other thousands of products, and that's just in the grocery stores. And not to mention the regulations and things that the businesses have to abide by that cost a tremendous amount of money. All that goes into the cost. Obedience. It's not, really a, it's not a tax, necessarily. But uh, you're paying for obedience, basically. Yeah. And those regulations make it so that uh, you know, people who talk about a 90% tax bracket, those regulations that are, you know, that are cost of doing business, they make it so that that uh, 90% tax bracket's impossible uh, for a company to operate in. There's no doubt about it. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Winknews.com expands a little bit on this federal tax increase because it wasn't just a tobacco increase on cigarettes. 
And this one's going to hit home to you, Mark, as you are a daily cigar smoker. Every night before you go to sleep, you have, and before you nap, at least, you're having one to two cigars per day. And the federal government's going to be getting a real nice piece of your action now because they also raised taxes on cigars. According to Wink News, cigar makers say a 750% increase. Jeez in the federal tax on cigars will kill their industry but others say raising taxes on or t- raising taxes on all tobacco products including cigars is the best way to hold smokers accountable for the health problems that secondhand smoke can cause but oh, second, this grief. is such nonsense secondhand have- smoke causes no health problems sorry maybe if you have asthma and uh, you know you're, you spend a lot of time around a second uh, you know a smoker then then maybe we can if, talk but if you live with one pretty much yeah that that, that to... would be it the fact is it takes it takes what fifty or sixty years of smoking to kill somebody off from smoking filterless cigarettes that's the same as secondhand smoke don't tell me that that little bit of cotton in the end really matters anyway. <laughs> Do you know how this affects loose tobacco for people that want to roll their own cigarettes? Uh, d- I'm assuming there's something. I'm just wondering how they figure that out. It's likely increased, but I'm not sure how much. Yeah. They're only talking about packs of cigarettes in one article, and then the other one is the uh, the cigars. But I'm sure if you dug around, you could probably you could probably find that. Odds are it won't be as affecting those particular businesses because the the raw tobacco pro- providers. They're just they just don't have the business. Yeah. There's just not yeah. as much volume going on. They're there. not They'll, as big of a target. Though they might be now. I mean, if they didn't raise them that much on the raw tobacco uh, manufacturers, and they might later on because the people that are uh, that are smoking cigarettes may decide to start rolling their own if it becomes I think a far it, more. It def- I know someone that does it to save money now. So if it's just simply more expensive to smoke because of the oh, tax, yeah. it is. Then someone might consider a lot more people might start considering rolling cigarettes. I think. I mean, most of these things when they get when it gets expensive enough. It'll drive you to things you might not have considered before when you you get desperate enough. Wednesday's federal cigar tax change raises the tax on a single cigar from five cents. Now, Mark, what do you pay for a cigar? How do you buy your cigars? um, I generally buy them. You know, I get the cheapies at the uh, drugstore cigars. I mean, so. uh, What is it? Swisher Sweets? What's the brand? The Swisher Sweets, if I have to, have a Tampa is normally have a Tampa? is the brand. And uh, you paying for like a five pack or something? What do they come in? Three packs? Five packs? Five packs? Five packs? Two fifty. So fifty cents a cigar. cigar. All right. So that's what your old price was. Well, now according to this story, the uh, the federal tax on one cigar is going up from five cents to forty cents per cigar. It may be cents. Holy! It may be that they're talking about uh, you know real you know hand rolled real guys cigars as opposed to drugstore cigars. I don't know. It may be that you were talking about them all. I don't. don't Two fifty is what you paid after tax. Yeah. Okay. I can't afford it anymore. I'm just an average worker. I make an average worker salary, and I like a few things. I can't even smoke anymore. I mean, it feels like the government is trying to tell me what to do, says smoker Chris Hamilton. Smokers aren't the only ones fuming over today's tobacco tax increases. Bonita Springs-based cigar maker Rocky Patel says this tax could put him out of business. Patel says, I don't mind paying our fair share, but I don't think that we should be penalized to a point where it devastates our entire industry. Well, that's just it. At some point... The government regulations and the government taxes and controls will at some point raise above the level that you can handle it. Right. 
So that's that's just the it's one of the problems with Americans is oh well we don't mind a little bit of regulation but just don't 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 go too crazy all at once on us government just step up the tyranny bit by bit yeah quit quit all this jumping up on all these rules and increasing taxes dramatically just take it slow so we we don't know what's happening we like our tyranny to come in small doses yeah some of the most pro liberty politicians are not even claiming to shrink government they're just saying well we'll we'll cap the growth of government at population and inflation yeah. and Things like that, you know. So it's it's, <laughs> it's pathetic. People are pathetic. Uh, you know, they're willing to accept controls, but just, whoa, take it easy with laying those on us here. We'll do what you're demanding. Just take it slow. But apparently things are moving a little bit too fast, and now the business owners are saying they might go out of business entirely. Uh, the federal tobacco tax increases might not be all. Patel's employees spent Wednesday on the phone making pleas to Florida lawmakers who are looking to tack on a $1 per ounce tax of their own. Mm. Patel says that would mean another dollar per cigar. He says, overnight, with a swish of a pen, they're going to try to take this away from me, and I'm going to fight because, you know, it's not fair, he says. But Patel says he understands the health risks of cigarettes and why lawmakers want to increase those taxes. But he believes cigars should be exempt. This is a cigar that adults enjoy on occasion, just like they enjoy a fine glass of wine, Patel explains. And here we are again with yet another problem that you see across the American people. Not only are they willing to obey... But they also don't mind it when other people are forced to obey things. Yeah. It's just it's just that, oh, leave me alone. My business is respectable. My business is okay. It's those guys over there. I don't care. Tax them to death. Who cares what you do to them? They're the ones manufacturing cigarettes. We're cigar manufacturers, so we're better than they are. I mean, this is, this is a common attitude. Go ahead. Regulate the competition as much as you want, but don't touch my business. Right. Cars kill a lot of people. Hamburgers kill a lot of people. I think we should, you know, should we tax all these things? 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Until Americans and everybody else in the world is willing to stand up for the freedoms of their neighbors, then they're not going to have freedoms for themselves. When will they figure it out? More on the way. You bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can dial up toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, there totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features, by the way, include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. You can edit virtually anything you see. It's like the listener editable version of our website, wiki.freetalklive.com. Now, you know email's not secure, but hey, privacy's dead anyway, right? Wrong. Introducing privacyharbor.com, an easy-to-use, secure email alternative. Sign up for a free account today, privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's privacyharbor.com. Dot com. As we continue discussing this federal tax increase 
on all tobacco products. And uh, as we're digging deeper into the story, we're finding out more about how um, how this is affecting not only the businesses, but of course also the uh, the end consumers. Uh, tremendous tax increases that we're looking at here. Uh, cigarettes going up by uh, let's see, thirty nine cents per pack to a dollar one per pack, just at the federal level. So that hasn't even begun to factor in the various different state and local taxes that might be uh, placed on cigarettes. We're finding out that cigars have jumped up by 40-something, I think about 40 cents, or from 5 cents to 40 cents per cigar. And Mark, you were saying you didn't think it would affect the cigars that you're buying. Wasn't sure. According to everything I'm looking at, it doesn't say anything about an exception anywhere. You haven't gone to buy cigars, I asked you during the break, you haven't gone to buy cigars in a few weeks. And according to these stories, the tax increase is now in effect as of April 1st. Mm. So the next time you go buy a cigar uh, pack. Let us know what it ended up costing you. If there's a if there's a difference there. Maybe maybe it's an April Fool's joke and they're not really going to do it. No, this is awful. <laughs> uh, I wish you were right, Dale. But there are people that are all uh, there's the, there's another story here about how uh, the quitting smoking helplines have uh, had an explosion in phone calls recently, allegedly because people are you know seeing these new taxes. It's a tough e- economy, and they're saying well, to themselves that they they just can't afford this. Which is of course this drives is driving the tobacco companies out of business because right. more and more people are quitting. People that wouldn't qu- quit otherwise, and I'm not saying that they should smoke. They should do whatever they want. They're adults. Um, you know, it's it's better for your health if you don't smoke. But you know, you gotta die sometime. I'm I'm not. I'm not saying that I want to die soon, but I like smoking cigars. But I can tell you, if my cigars went from fifty cents a piece to five dollars a piece, and I had I, I, things are going to change. Well, in now, my house. It's, now it may be ninety cents a piece, so almost nearly doubling the cost of the cheaper cigars that you're that you're buying. And so let's continue with your phone calls here. Glenn is in Missouri with some thoughts on this on the amp line. Glenn, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, I was uh, interviewed for a. TV uh, news story about this, and I set it up at a uh, friend of mine who owns a tobacco shop at a shop. Okay. And uh, uh, one thing to correct, I know you're asking about the people that roll their own. Mm-hmm. Is that tax increased from about a dollar ten per pound of tobacco to twenty four dollars and sixty two cents per pound? Is that right? Because I'm looking at a different story here from GreatFallsTribune.com that says a box of loose tobacco more than doubled from a buck ninety-nine to four fifteen. It doesn't say how many ounces are in that particular box, but it, it does say the price went uh, went up by double. Right, right. And, and uh, if you buy a pound of rolling tobacco, I think they a pound runs maybe from fifteen to twenty dollars. So you're basically looking at more than doubling the price. Wow, that's crazy. So there's no yeah. way that a tobacco smoker is going to be able to avoid this stuff beyond finding some sort of black market source that is that is avoiding all of the taxes. Right, right. And and uh, the tobacco shop owner told me that uh, um, when the tax went into effect April 1st, if you had a tobacco shop, you had to do an inventory overnight, and you had to write a check to the federal government Good Lord. for the additional Holy taxes God. on anything you had in inventory. So they are essentially charge. So so they're charging the uh, the store owners for all of their inventory right now, and then the store owner has to make that up when he actually sells the product. Right, but they had to write a check right away. And what the tobacco shop owner told me he says, you know what happened really was the cigarette companies 
you know, if you're going to increase the tax, they said, well, hey, let's increase the tax a lot more on our competitors, those that sell the loose leaf, so we mm-hmm. can put them out of business. And the tobacco shop owner said that any other smoke shops he knew that had loose leaf tobacco, roll your own, they were selling out their inventory and weren't going to buy anymore. That this increase in taxes will basically kill off the roll your own industry. I wonder if their thought was to keep those shop owners from being able to stock up, because that's exactly what I would have done, and I wouldn't blame them for it, uh, stock up on as much inventory as possible before the tax went into effect or something. Any thoughts? Well, you know, they want their their money. And, and one other thing, you know, I said we did a TV uh, interview, mm-hmm. and uh, when the TV story was finally released, all it had was a puff piece about how great this was to fund children health care and a and an obligatory quote from a smoker who said, oh, this is great if it helps children. <laughs> they didn't include any of the interview with mm. me or the tobacco shop owner. That's sad. Glenn, thanks for the call and thanks for this, uh, the news tonight. So drastically increasing the taxes on roll-your-own tobacco as well as cigarettes as well as uh, cigars. And, of course, touting about how this is going to help smokers, it's going to help the children. Uh, of course, nobody cares about the fact that the tobacco or the cigar industry is a $2 billion industry in Florida alone. And all of the jobs that are associated with that, all of the people that are in the roll-your-own tobacco industry that right. are going to end up losing their jobs as these businesses go under... And we should point out that as prices increase, people who are going to continue to smoke are going to have to find ways to support their habits. So you will probably start to see more robberies of cigarettes and thefts in regards to tobacco items. And if they have to spend more on cigarettes, and if they're terribly addicted, which and cigarettes are very addictive, then they will. If they don't steal for the money, there's still going to be money they're not spending in other places. Mm -hmm. So once again, this is a uh, any tax you have. The actual cost of the tax, the actual impact on the economy, is it's it's so hard to tell exactly what that what the damage was, but it will inevitably have damage. There's no way their their money is not being spent somewhere else if they're having to spend more on cigarettes. Right, you know, and the idea, most of these people that uh, I, I think I'm I'm just guessing most of the people that are you know hooraying the idea of a tobacco tax because it'll get some smokers to quit, um, probably wouldn't just across the board ban tobacco. If they sure. thought about it, if, if you had a chance to talk to them, they probably wouldn't do that. So they think that they're allowing people freedom, but they're not. The government coming in and, and uh, cracking down on these businesses and taking that much more money from them, it's, it's affecting it, – it's doing the same thing only step by step. Uh, so, again, these taxes are now in effect. When you go to buy your next box of cigars, cigarettes, or uh, your, your next bag of uh, rolling tobacco, you will notice that the prices are dramatically increased. And, indeed, it is hurting the businesses. Uh, like dozens of cigar companies dotting Miami's Little Havana neighborhood, El Credito Cigar Company is using traditional rollers, or in Spanish, torcedores, to hand-make La Gloria Cubana, the company's most famous and expensive cigar. The workers sit at wooden tables and fold tan tobacco leaves, cut them with a crescent-shaped knife, and then roll the wads into Fat Churchill's Coronas and Torpedoes. The manager, operations manager for El Credito, says many of our rollers are worried. They think that if we have less sales, they'll lose their jobs. And we know for sure the tax increase will be reducing our sales. It's not good for our business Not good at all. More on this and your calls coming up. Free Talk Live. Government officials like to think they know better than the rest of us. They tell us what we can buy and when we can buy it. Everything from guns and booze to cold medicine and cigarettes. Now they've gone even farther. Cities across the country are now trying to tax and ban bottled water. That's right. 
Simple, no alcohol, no caffeine, no calorie bottled water. They say it's wasteful and buying it is, quote, stupid. But who are they to decide? If politicians decide you shouldn't even be able to buy bottled water, what's next? Visit us at enjoybottledwater.org and sign the petition to keep the nanny state out of our water bottles. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free and bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features, by the way, include updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates. Dot freetalklive.com. You can clean out unwanted or unused kids' items from your home. Use too small for me.com. Save money by grabbing donated items. Take advantage of the coupons and the freebies on the site. It's easy to use, and all of the features are absolutely free. Don't trash it, pass it. Too small for me.com. That's the number two, small, the number four, me.com. Too small for me.com. All right, so we continue here uh, just a little bit more on this story. We're going to take your calls. Uh, story is uh, pretty wide. It's got a pretty wide scope. It's affecting the entire tobacco industry. And I know some people are out there cheering this on, saying, yeah, go get them. Those people are killing people. Our first show. Wasn't our first show on a smoking ban in, it was uh, in, on a smoking in uh, Sarasota, Florida? Yep. Or in, in, in Florida in general or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's. Mo- I think most of the calls we got were from people that wanted to see uh, smoking banned in restaurants. And this is slightly different. But, you know, the fact is there are people out there that are just anti-smoking, anti-tobacco. It's bad. And I understand Yes, I get it that either if you've quit or if you had a family member who, you know, has smoked and you didn't like it or they died from it or whatever, I understand why it would be that you would blame the plant. However, the unfortunate truth is that you or the person that, um, you know, that died from it or the person that, uh, you know, smoked in your presence, that person was making a decision. Made a choice. Right. They were exercising their freedom in a free country to do what it was that they wanted to do, and they did it. And that's the problem. It's they not would rather, the tobacco, it's them. Those who would control would rather they not have those choices to make. That's, they would, they would the, rather tax those choices out of business. And that's what they're doing with the cigarettes and the cigars and the roll-your-own-tobacco. All of these taxes dramatically went up the federal level uh, just a few days ago on April 1st. And it's really affecting some businesses out there. And, and of course, that means it's affecting people's jobs. But nobody talks about that aspect of this. I mean, popularly, everybody's just talking about, oh, great, this is going to stop people from smoking. It's going to save lives. Well, then let's start banning fat. Let's start. Uh, how about a fat tax where every product that uh, that uses fat right. is uh, dramatically taxed at the federal cars level? Cars kill people. A lot of people. I mean, more taxes on cars. Sure. Let's tax everything that could possibly hurt another human being and then see let's where we're at. Let's make it so that we, none of us can smoke. We all have to eat vegetables and you have to walk or ride a bike to where it is that you want to go. How's life look now? But, of course, huh? if people actually Safer. quit. But, but if people actually quit smoking. Now, if this is really the goal here is to get people to quit smoking, which it's not. If that was really the goal, the exactly, because if people did quit, if it all of a sudden, either. if all of a sudden next week people stopped smoking cigarettes, then where would they get their tax money from? They just well, have I think to come that's after exact, your thing. That's exactly what happens. Apparently, in California, they raise the taxes dramatically on cigarettes, 
And we're expecting like a $9 billion increase in taxes. And unfortunately, it had the effect that they promoted it with. I guess people stopped smoking mm-hmm. or they started getting – maybe it's probably a combination of different factors. Smuggling Stop cigarettes smoking, from Smuggling else. cigarettes from another, over the state lines and things like that. But they didn't get any noticeable increase at all actually in taxes. According, so. to, according to this story at, uh, let's see, this is the Associated Press, just a little bit more on the cigar industry, which is a $2 billion industry in the state of Florida alone. It's been going on there since the 1890s uh, when Cuban immigrants were rolling cigars in Tampa in the 1960s. Another wave of Cubans with cigar expertise opened up smaller shops in Miami after the communist revolution uh, in, uh, in, in Cuba. Eric Newman, the co-owner of J.C. Newman Cigar Company in Tampa, said these are the toughest times in the company's 114-year history. That's because the government's getting bigger and bigger. He says the last thing we needed was the government to throw this roadblock at us, said Newman. This could push our industry off a cliff. He said his company will go from paying $1 million per year in taxes to $4 million. Jeez. That is huge. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Dan in Indiana. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Dan, Indiana? Uh, Holy smokes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can't believe that these guys would try that, but then I thought, wait a minute, we are talking about the government there. Um, I've found a cure for this. Um, It's uh, curing. (laughs) Cure your own smoke and everything. Look at look at the size of a tobacco leaf. It's pretty big. You're gonna roll a lot of smokes out of that. And uh, you know, over the the break, they had mentioned uh, something in one of your commercials, one of your advertisers had mentioned uh, you know growing your own uh, crops, and uh, tobacco was uh, mentioned in that. And uh, I did a little bit of looking also on the internet about uh, curing your own tobacco. I saw one chamber that looked like a, a shower stall, an ordinary shower stall. So uh, folks can grow their own tobacco, and they can get around this. And Isn't it illegal to grow your own tobacco? I don't know. Well, your advertiser said you can grow your own. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Am I required to answer that question by law? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I've heard that it's illegal. Maybe it's only illegal in some states where the tobacco industry is heavily entrenched, uh, places like, what, uh, Kentucky or Tennessee or something like that, some of the southern South states. But how, so hard, how hard do they work to enforce that if it is illegal, I wonder? Okay. Not, not can, probably can, very hard now, but who knows? In the future, maybe there'll be a crackdown. Maybe they, they can stick me in a cage for this, but uh, I advise people, if they're walking past the tobacco field, pick up a couple of uh, leaves that are just you know blown by the side of the road that they're not going to uh, harvest anyway and put them in the back of your truck or your car or whatever and take them home and look on the Internet for uh, curing, and there you go. you got yourself at least a month or two to supply of smokes. You know, I, I can tell you tobacco. I don't know if a tobacco leaf is going to get me by by in a month. Most but. people don't have the a tobacco field That's nearby where they smart. can do that. I think a realistic assessment of what's going to happen is that some people are going to quit smoking because of the financial situation. Some people are going to continue smoking and they're going to live a poorer lifestyle as a result of that because of these taxes. Some people are going to get into the business of uh, growing some tobacco on a uh, a mass scale and and selling black market tobacco because as the taxes continue to increase, it becomes more and more worthwhile for black marketeers to enter the picture and start offering these things. We're not. I don't think. We're that far off from having heli- police helicopters flying over tobacco fields and uh, and busting the uh, the grow operators, just like with marijuana. Dan, thanks for the call tonight. Good hearing well, from you're you. You're welcome, gentlemen. I prefer to call that the gray market because it's not True. an illegal substance. It's not a banned substance, but it is not the white market. Uh, so, and I hope this promotes a really big gray market in tobacco. I think that would be a, a wonderful result of this re- this fiasco. 
Cigarette smokers are angry they're going to have to pay 62 cents more per pack, but cigar cigar makers and importers say the industry will suffer disproportionately, the cigar industry that is, especially in Florida, where 75% of the nation's cigar makers and importers are located. Cuban Crafter Cigars in Miami is uh, one of their employees, or co-owners rather, says that it's part of the culture in Miami and Florida. Father was a cigar maker in Cuba until the factory was seized by the Castro regime. The family then came to Miami and rolled cigars out of their garage until they could open a factory. So talk about starting yeah. small. Talk about this the is American what these people do. All right, see so the American dream. They came here. They started in their garage, and now Cuban Crafters employs 500 people at a factory and tobacco wow. farm in Nicaragua. Another hundred people work in Miami at a warehouse and a small factory. The building also yep. serves as a tourist shop and a place where guys smoke, play dominoes, and s- sip strong shots of Cuban coffee. Berger imports a chunk of his cigars from Nicaragua. He said he'll pay hundreds of thousands of dollars more on each imported shipment, and that cost will be passed along to retailers and customers. The price of a pack of 25 cigars, which is $29.99, will go up by $10 after the tax, he said. A single large cigar will increase by about 40 cents. Jeez. So there you go. 1-800-259-9231. Do you have any What's idea? What's next? Any idea how this affects clove cigarettes? Because my understanding is cloves... Someone just told me recently that a clove cigarette is still tobacco, but it's not... Is it categorized as tobacco? Because it's clove, right? That's different, isn't it? Aren't they two different plants? I was told it's actually tobacco, but it's uh, just produced a different way. It doesn't have all the additives Hmm. and things, and they're more expensive for that reason. It's not actually cloves, which blows my mind, but... Yeah, I disagree. So I'm curious if there anybody knows that. There may be some tobacco that. in it, but I, I disagree that it doesn't have uh, cloves in it. It certainly has cloves in it. I wonder how many people will start smoking clove cigarettes, for instance. That's a great so. question. 800-259-9231 seems inevitable that uh, some new people will be trying cloves. It's certainly for the first time, especially if they're cheaper. 1-800-259-9231. But do you get nicotine out of clove cigarettes? No idea. They're more expensive right now, but the tax may change that. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. Are you in the cigar cigarette business? How is this affecting you? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free. Bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free. So enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing more Internet listeners on from around the world to expose more new people to the ideas of freedom. Now, if that sounds like a good idea to you and you want to get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal account, or some of the alternative options, amp.freetalklive.com. FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, we continue with your phone calls about what you want. It's Jeremy in Tennessee. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? Um, basically, I'm a uh, member of the Campaign for Liberty here in Hamilton County, Tennessee, and uh, we heard about the military checkpoint that's going to take place in the western part of our state, kind of east of Memphis. Is this the Whiteville Police Department checkpoint? Well, I believe so. I haven't. Uh, that's what I was calling for more information as well. I've got some info here. Uh, in fact, it was part of my show prep tonight. According to Infowars.com, 
Uh, one of the readers over there took a page from the Hardeman County, Tennessee Bulletin Times, so they scanned in a part of the newspaper announcing a seatbelt checkpoint to be conducted on April 4th in conjunction with a Homeland Security training exercise by the 251st Military Police who recently returned from Iraq. Uh, according wow. to the announcement, although uniformed military personnel will be visible at the checkpoint, the military participation will be strictly observational. So no big deal. Nothing to worry about here, Americans. This isn't the military occupying your streets. They're just observing. It's no problem. Right. And that's right. just well, a test. That's getting us ready for more. They'll see how people react to that. Mm-hmm. And if people don't react, then they will uh, up the ante later. Your thoughts, caller? Uh, I was just going to say, I don't think uh, I don't think we're really going to let that happen without some sort of check and balance. What do you mean by that? No, I mean in this state, like we, there's a lot of people just heard about it. I, I don't know. I guess it really kind of broke today, and they're already wanting to go out there and just make sure everything's legit, or at least contact the the city. You know, ask the city for more details on what's going on. So they, there's there's a big kind of following to not let something like this go unchecked. There have been uh, some instances of the of them planning stuff like this in the past where the the military has planned like an operation kind of thing where they they're expected to go into an urban area and do what they call urban training or something like that. And essentially the outcry from the residents in the area had convinced in some of these cases the city to say, "Look, we don't want you doing your training here. Go away." Uh, so that has been successful to some extent. I'm not sure who you call and or what you do to to get something like this stopped, but raise hell and lots of it. But uh, yeah, whatever kind yeah. of hell raising you can do uh, in, to the city government bureaucrats at the city council meetings, but it's going to be happening tomorrow. So unless you can get it canceled by tomorrow night or whenever it is that this is going to happen, one of the other things you might want to consider is actually showing up at the checkpoint with activists and letting them know that you don't appreciate what they're doing. That might be another way to to handle it. But obviously that won't put a stop to it at that point. I think I'm going to try and call local media and ask and see if there's any way I can find what would be allowed as far as, you know, because they'll know, I think, best what, what you would be allowed to do, how close, you know what I mean, things like this. I'm sorry, what were you getting at there? I was just asking, what did you think about contacting the uh, local media outlet there, sort of, and asking them if they had any feedback on what would be permissible as far as uh, addressing, you know, protesting. They usually have a better insight to this type of information. I don't know. I mean, they're probably not going to... They're probably not going to know. I mean, if the media shows up somewhere, then they usually do what the cops demand of them. So... Mm -hmm. If the cops say, you need to stand over there on that side of the street, most media people will do whatever it is the cops say. I doubt they have any guidelines that they're going to just hand out to you as somebody who's calling them as an interested party to say, oh, yeah, here's how you handle the police. I mean, I'm not not telling you not to call the media, but just don't expect miracles out of them. Right. Well, I I have a feeling I'd like to at least call and double-check that they've heard that this is going on, because Lord knows... Well, very good. Well, I recommend taking a video camera out when you do it. Right, become the Absolutely. alternate become the alternate media. Very good, sir. Yeah. Good luck. Let us know what happens, if anything, okay? 
Thank Thanks you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. The collaboration between Homeland Security, the military, and local law enforcement in Tennessee sets a dangerous new precedent. In the case U.S. versus Martinez Fuerte, the Supreme Court ruled that DHS checkpoints could be set up to search for illegal immigrants and smugglers. And so long as the checkpoints and searches were brief and for that purpose only, they could be done anywhere within 100 miles of a U.S. border. It appears the Department of Homeland Security is now moving beyond U.S. Martinez Fuerte and expanding operations beyond on the 100-mile limit, the DHS will likely argue they're not conducting the checkpoints in Tennessee, and they're only there as monitors, only there observing, giving advice, suggestions. We're not running this checkpoint. We're just hanging out. That's what we did in Vietnam, didn't we? We sent advisors to kill the the, the Vietnamese? No, they're just hanging out. They were the advisors, so they were just advising. Right, just hanging around. Kill them like this. However, this point will be lost on the victims of the checkpoints when they see uniformed military police and Department of Homeland Security personnel. So, as you suggested, Dale, this is an initial phase. They are testing the waters, and they want to see what Americans are going to do when they encounter military police on the sides of their roads. I think it's also an intimidation factor. They might not do a thing, but just by standing there... Maybe they're hoping that people will simply be more cooperative because they're scared of the military person there with a huge gun. Are people generally uncooperative at uh, checkpoints? I mean, even when it's just run by the cops, if it's a DUI checkpoint or something like that? I doubt it. I've seen the ones, you know, I've seen people specifically make a point to be uncooperative, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. And we, more more people should do that. I intend to do that. But, um,. I mean, be, and, and other, just standing up for your rights, I mean. That's what I mean by being – they call that being uncooperative when you stand up for your mm-hmm. rights. Why aren't you being cooperative? You know, if you don't do everything they tell you to do, they call that being uncooperative and say, instead of saying that you're standing up for your rights. So as more people start to encounter situations like this, as it starts to happen more often across the country, people will become acclimated to the idea of seeing men in fatigues on the side of the road checking people's cars. Now, again, at this point, they're saying they're just there observing – But if they're observing, does that mean that on one side of the car there can be a local police officer at one window who's doing all the question asking? And then the other guy, you know, some other guy in fatigues is on the passenger side just leaning in and observing into the car. Does that count as observing? Because that seems kind of, uh, well, seems kind of overarching, overruling, seems really obvious to me what they're – it seems obvious what they're up to. And uh, I, I just hope that I hope you're right, Dale. I hope that Americans don't just take this lying down and they make a big, you know, make as much of a fuss about this as they possibly can and try to disobey and non-cooperate as much as they can. But knowing Americans, that's not very likely. I, it's time for people to wake up. I mean, what will it this, take this? I don't. That's what I'm wondering. How bad does it have to get? I mean, it's getting scary out there. This is really scary. Here's Having one point. military on our on our inside our borders. Uh, involved with citizens. But what would you say, Dale, to somebody who said, well, it's our military. These are our boys. These are our boys and girls. Right. I would say say that that? uh, historically, uh, free countries have been overrun by their own militaries. Uh, When you, you look at Rome... That's when we they ceased to have a republic was when Caesar crossed the Rubicon. Um, you know, the same thing with uh, the, the Greek city-states. I don't think most Americans know that. And I don't think most Americans are going to have the realization that... Well, let me break this down here. When you're dealing with police abuse, they are pretty protected. Right? We've read story after story on this show about how when the police are abusing people's rights... 
99 times out of 100, the investigation, if there's even an investigation, comes back, an internal investigation comes back and says, these officers were operating by the book, everything's fine. It doesn't matter that they killed your family's dogs, it doesn't matter that they killed your infant child, it doesn't matter that they burned your house down. And these, and these are just three examples of real stories. Real stories. Uh, it doesn't matter what these guys did, doesn't matter they shot your wife, doesn't matter, etc., they were running by the book. They get to keep their jobs. No problem. You've got dead loved ones. Too bad for you. See you later. That's how these things come out. And that's with the local police department where you know who those guys are. At least you can get a roster for the department. Right. You can find out who the cops are. They live somewhere in the general vicinity of where it is that you live. These soldiers, they chuck them in from all over the nation. Yep. They do whatever they're told. They don't know you. I mean, the they fed- don't get the training that uh, police officers do, I mean, the minimal amount of training that they do. They're generally not as old as the police officers, so therefore they, you know, maybe had a, a, a chance to think about life and uh, the orders they're given and stuff like that. Nope. These and, are just young, pimply kids with guns. And they're that much more distant because they're the federal government yep. and that much more authority. That's one, of the the federal sca- government. that's one of the scariest parts about all this is most Americans don't realize that there's going to be an even greater disconnect between them and these uh, these military guys, and they don't even think about it because when they see the military, all they can think about is flags waving and tunes playing oh, that's and the nationalism. That's the intent yep. of all that. All right, 800-259-9231. Hour two's coming up. You dial in. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Are you tired of feeling like you can't keep up with, let alone fight, the never-ending increases in government power? How do we, in one step, eliminate all these abuses and prevent them from returning again? The answer is simple. We must control the money. If it weren't for the Federal Reserve System and the so-called income tax, our government could have never become what it is today. Elite financier Rothschild arrogantly admitted, Permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. That statement says it all. If others control the money, we cannot limit government growth or power. Under our current monetary system, we are slaves to the financial elite. Take the time to learn how this corrupt system works. Purchase a copy of Dishonest Money today. Learn the system, fight it, and abolish the one scam that funds all the rest. Dishonest Money. Available at Amazon or DishonestMoney.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we launch here in Hour 2, continuing with your phone calls about whatever you want. That's the point of the show. Coming up, uh, we've got an email that is quite critical of the Free State uh, Project. Plus, Dale, you'll talk about ignorance being bliss. Uh, We'll get to all of that, but your calls are primary. So, we go to, uh, we'll talk to Stephen in Colorado. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey there. Um, Hey. I just just wanted to uh, talk about the Austrian business cycle theory. Uh, Okay. It's it's sort of alluded to a lot on the show, and I know that a lot of people out there think that, um, you know, it was greed or it was the free market or whatever that has cause this economic downturn that we see ourselves in, but I thought I'd like to give it a shot, and you guys are pretty smart and fairly well-read, and, uh, you know, maybe if I'm a little bit wrong about it, maybe you can kind of guide me in the right direction, if, uh, pres- presuming, of course, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, which, blind uh, leading the blind. Let's have fun. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, in the free market, interest rates are set by savings. People save money in banks. The more, the more uh, savings there is in the banks, the, uh, the lower the interest rate because, you know, supply, supply and demand. demand. There's more money, it's cheaper to lend it out, right? Right. And uh, when this happens in the free market, minus a, you know, not in a central bank paradigm, in other words, is what I'm saying, um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the money gets lent out because this, this, this low interest rate the low interest rate signals to businesses that, hey, it's cheap to borrow money and it's a very good time if I wanted to expand. You know, if I own a steel mill, I can build a new uh, furnace or whatever. It's a signal to them. So, so they do that, and then uh, by the time the products that eventually get made out of the steel reach the market, uh, the people have enough money saved up to where they can go and, and buy the stuff. Now, in the, in the central bank or Federal, federal Reserve-driven uh, Boom! When they when they shove the interest rates down artificially, they just happens? arbitrarily decide. The central bank just arbitrarily, you know, waves its magic wand and says, "Okay, interest rates will now be shazam." And there you go. Just make a declaration. What, what happens is that the 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 businesses get those same signals. Okay, now is a good time to embark on those expansion programs that right. that we've thought about doing. Uh, yet the the people have not indicated they desire to save. What they've indicated is they desire to keep spending money at the same pace they always were. So this leads to what they call malinvestments uh, because the businesses are expanding during a time when, the, uh, you know, when they shouldn't be expanding. And here's where I get a little bit shaky on it, so you might want to jump in there and help me out. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that it's um, necessarily a malinvestment from the standpoint of the market at the time that the person mm-hmm. makes the investment. What happens right. is that the market, because uh, the federal the Federal Reserve can only control the market to some extent um, with uh, in infusing uh, dollars, it creates bubbles, and right. therefore, you know, it, they they have to adjust. There has to be an adjustment, and that right. means oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. You weren't done. I thought you were done. No, um, there has to be an adjustment, and in that, in that adjustment, then you have all these malinvestments that suddenly the marketplace cannot support them any longer. It, mm-hmm. you know, it made very good sense for people to be in the construction business three years ago or whatever when uh, the housing boom was going on, and they were putting up houses, and people were buying them, and you know, every every month houses were worth more and more, and. You could just count on uh, your the equity in your house increasing. People were buying extra houses so they could uh, rent them out or sell them or flip them or whatever. So those all made perfectly good sense at the time. It's just that, well, unfortunately, the houses were worth too much and right. well, it compared, all fell apart. Yeah, it couldn't last forever. It was a bubble that was bound to pop. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think that. the definition. I think the definition of the bubble is that during that you know that period where the interest rates are shoved down artificially by the by the central bank by the Fed. Um, and people are still spending money. They've, never, they've not indicated that they wish to save money. They've indicated that, hey, we don't wish to save money, but you wouldn't know that by looking at the interest rates. There's no signal. There's, the proper signals aren't being sent to the business community, so they, and they embark in their expansions, and that, I think, is, that is, is the bubble itself. That's what the bubble is, isn't it? I, once you, when you start getting to the specifics, you're, you're a little beyond me as far as uh, you know, the, the definitions of the terms. I'm sure there's lots of Austrian economics. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're getting right into what Milton Friedman said. I'm trying to remember. In the um, ability to choose, I'm, what was the name of the book exactly? I haven't read uh, any. Uh, there's a Milton Friedman book where he talks about market signals and how government interference totally obliterates these market signals. So uh, that we need for a healthy economy. This is what lets businesses transition gradually rather than have these sudden booms and uh, um, booms and uh, 
bus, you know, mm-hmm. that we have yeah, this, and, and we and have we, these dramatic booms and busts instead of having an economy that gradually adjusts and like a business goes out here or there because it needs to go out and mm-hmm, uh, and allows right. the economy to adjust. And instead, we get you know recessions and sometimes depressions. And the irony is that the bust, which is what we're experiencing now, all we, I've been telling people they say, "Oh no, it's the free market, or it's greed, or whatever." <laughs> and I said, "No, we're simply in the in the the bust phase of the boom bust cycle. That's all this is." But the irony is, is the bust phase is actually the good phase of the cycle because it clears out all that craziness that that was going on in the, in the bust. In, well, in the boom. I don't think either it's phase even, is, is it's, desirable. It's not even good or bad in the sense that... No, no, uh, it's not desirable, but it's the good phase uh, it's, because it's actually cleaning the market out. But it's not. It's only a symptom of the uh, monetary system, the, the, the fiat currency system that we have where the government says, this is money, and it's you know mm-hmm. just paper. Um, it's it necessary. It's not a good, necessarily right, good, It though. wouldn't exist when if you had real money backed by value. Uh, that, right. that that you know The, the boom-bust cycles would be much... There would be still ripples in them, but you wouldn't even call them booms and busts because people would even would barely even notice the difference. Well, the boom-bust cycle is created by the central bank's artificial manipulation right. of the money supply in the first right. place. There's no doubt. Yes, people exactly. are benefiting off that boom-bust cycle. The, the, oh, uh, sure. <laughs> sorry, Ron Paul talks about this. Uh, he spoke about it very well, about how people who get new money first, they, they're the ones that benefit because that new money is what's going to cause some sort of boom. They're able to buy mm-hmm. things before the inflation takes place. Mm-hmm. And then that a lot of times those are business assets that, that then the inflation takes place and they make tremendous amount of money on that and uh, it's not your it's not your regular guy it's not the your your Joe it's a military down the industrial street. complex yeah, is who it is I mean yeah. those are the people that are getting it's a military industrial complex and the you know, the, the, the buddies who are you know the buddies of the politicians that are in construction uh, fields and things like that anybody who's connected with the politicians. They are the ones that get the money first, and it's all good money for them. It just becomes worth less as soon as it you know, basically filters out of their hands into the rest of the economy. Right. Yeah, and, and you're right, Ian. Good isn't the right ad- adjective. Necessary would be a better adjective. But, but, the, but Mark was saying about the ripples. Yeah, you get ripples, but you wouldn't call them boom-bust. I think the reason why you wouldn't call them boom-bust is because in the boom-bust cycle, what's happening is the, the, the boom actually sows the seeds of the bust. And and in a in a yeah, in a free market true. system with a gold backed currency or silver backed or whatever you want to back it with, you wouldn't see that. You'd just see growth and then you know less growth and then more growth. Well, you'd have some people make some mistakes, but people make mm-hmm. mistakes in business all the time, and they get the sure, corrections right. pretty much immediately. Uh, yeah, one, of the, one of the complaints about uh, you know value-backed currency, gold or silver or whatever it is that the market would decide to use, is that it doesn't uh, it doesn't expand quickly enough for the for the economy to grow. And and well, yeah, yeah because you don't get a boom, you don't get the bust. So mm-hmm. the, and, and people are seeing very clearly right now. You couldn't tell people this uh, stuff during the, uh, the the housing bubble when it was blowing up, up, up. Well, this is great. Oh, Whatever's going on here is great. I don't care. Yep. I love it. Well, well, now they say, oh, man, that's this is crap. Yeah, that just struck me as intuitive. I, just intuitively, I said, this cannot continue. This cannot go on. I was looking yeah. at uh, – I was basically looking at the fact that in California, uh, I, if you were a – if you were a pro- business prof- – if you were a professional, you know, someone who was a professional who was generally considered like upper middle class and you could not afford a two-bedroom condo, <laughs> that, that, there's something's wrong. That's not, oh, there's yeah, no that's, way that can, that can last. Now you can. Sure. Few, Prices are great now. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. A few years ago, I was in San Diego, 
uh, and a friend of mine had recently bought a three-bedroom, two-bath, just a normal house. He asked me how much I thought it would cost, and I said, well, I'm thinking, well, I know the price is a little bit higher here, so where I'm from, this would be maybe a $200,000 house. So I, I took a wild guess, and I said, ah, what, 450 He said it cost me a million dollars. That's stunning. Uh, Stephen, thank you for the call tonight and the discussion. All right, we'll see yes, sir. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. If they were just to allow the bus to happen, then we could get back to normal, get rid of the Federal Reserve, go back to a real uh, value-backed currency. We could have real prosperity. But they're not going to do that anytime soon. So get ready for the same over time. More coming up. You bring up what you want. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. If you dial toll-free, you can bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. You can head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself, and if you are a lady listener, the details are there as to how you could get up on the Shrine. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who trust LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a will or living trust, even register a trademark. Empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. I also want to invite you to visit Dale on his website, AnarchyInYourHead.com. It's a great little cartoon that's published online and occasionally makes it into some newspapers around here in New Hampshire. Uh, At AnarchyInYourHead.com, you'll be able to not only uh, read the comics and enjoy those, but also read some essays by our very own Dale here, AnarchyInYourHead.com. In fact, we're going to talk about one of your essays if we get a chance here tonight. Ignorance is bliss, but we should continue with the phone calls because that's the point of the show. Let's talk to Jason in Michigan. Jason, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Jason, what's on your mind tonight? I, I, I was calling about what you guys had to say about the uh, military and the Constitution uh, several days ago. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was looking over my uh, Constitution here, and I couldn't find where you were t- uh, saying in the Constitution that it says that you can't have standing armies, but I did find a couple of uh, things. Um, it says I, I found a section that says that you can't have a standing army during a time of, time of peace, but it also set, uh, stipulates that this is without the consent of the Congress, and that's in Article 1, Section 10. Is that, uh, and an article, what? Is that where it Sorry. says uh, that has to be, uh, you know, drawn up every two years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. and that's Article 1, Section 10. And Article 1, Section 8, it says, uh, it, it specifically says that it provides Congress with the power to, uh, to raise and support armies. Oh, wait, no, no, that was the one that, no, not a term more than two years, but uh, it says to raise and support armies and to provide and maintain a navy. Yeah, so do you think when the founding fathers uh, wrote that, uh, you know, about, you know, having to re-up the military uh, every two years and that you can't have one during peacetime unless Congress says so, do you think that they were, you know, their their thought was we should have a standing army? No, no. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not doubting you that the founding fathers um, were skeptical of the idea of having, you know, a permanent standing army. Uh, I think that's probably why they wanted that provision in there to make you reauthorize it every year, but... I mean, the, that 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 they have that in there tells you that it's not 
something that is outright totally prohibited by the Constitution. Well, I don't think that, anybody said it was prohibited. Think, yeah, I think that uh, we, we indicated that the Constitution, you know, said that it was, uh, you know, advised against it. Right. But, they've worked okay. around it and they, you know, they reauthorize it every two whole, years. If you listen to the whole show, you'll you'll get that feel for it. I mean, it's it's difficult to explain that same thing every time we repeat it. So we just basically say that it's contrary to the Constitution. I, I thought you talked about some of the things that yeah. were just brought up the last time, but I don't know. The, the fact is, the Constitution is a flawed document, and uh, you know, it, it it is. And the founding resolved. fathers were, were flawed men. Oh, I will agree with you there about the Constitution being a flawed document. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, there's a very good article, and I'll try to find it maybe for another show that talks about just how tyrannical the federal government can be strictly by the Constitution. If they had never started ignoring the Constitution, just show they could. There still can be a very tyrannical government just under. And still abide by the Constitution. I totally believe that. Any other thoughts for us? Nope. Thanks. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Enemy of the State in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind Does your cat hate you? Does my cat hate me? Yeah, every time I'm looking at the webcam, he's sitting in the third chair's lap. Oh. He likes new people. Yeah, the, the cat likes visitors, and uh, he's just a very friendly kitty. But he he's uh, he likes to battle with me. So if I were to try to do the same things that uh, the visitors do, like like pet him, he won't he won't put up with that for, uh, from me because we like to we like to have little uh, little fights with one another. <laughs> All right. You can see the I webcam by the way at cam.freetalklive.com. I wanted to uh, add to a comment Mark made there about how some people believe that economies uh, can't grow under a gold standard. And uh, the point is that gold is is just a good. Money is just a good. So why should um, other goods not grow because another good is less scarce? Essentially what happens is if one good is, a, is the medium of exchange, then all that happens is as technology grows and the division of labor increases, then things just get cheaper with the same amount of money. You could have an economy a world economy with a fixed amount of gold that never increased and have growth. I, I've always understood that. I mean, in my, in my mind, if gold were the primary sort of store of wealth, uh, and I don't think it would be the only one, if we really allowed a free market, we'd have just different like diamonds, kinds of currency. Yeah. Diamonds and silver and, all and kinds you of know, precious gems. All these things are uh, you know, if, m- small store, stores of wealth that you can carry with you. Yeah, and, and to be good money, it needs to be sort of compact, it needs to be easy to measure, hard to counterfeit, things like that, and that that's something that gold fits, and I think that if gold and were a primary sort of currency, then it would just become relatively more valuable if it was, very, if it was scarce, and so it would become an even better source of money because it would be really compact. You'd have a small amount of gold would be worth quite a lot, and everybody who had gold out there, their gold would go up in value at the same time. Right, so and uh, be, silver would probably complement it, and we'd have we have a lot more silver out there for currency. Silver makes an excellent currency. So as the market becomes more efficient and more products and services are, are be, become out there, and and they you know the cost to manufacture these things go down, as that's what the the market does over time. I mean, it just brings costs down through competition and innovation. Then essentially, uh, you know, a quarter ounce of gold will buy more than it did in the past. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, if you remember, the stories you hear from your grandparents and from before was that they used to bury their money in the yard or put it in a mattress. And um, and now we look at that as silly because that money's losing value if you just bury it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and then and then at another point they would put it in a bank account and dr- 
draw some form of interest on it, and that would keep them at some level. But if you put your money in a bank account now, it's still going to lose to inflation, yeah. right? Yep. So the idea there being that if you look at um, what technology does, or I mean, I'm sorry, what inflation does is it, it kills technological, like older legacy manufacturing, for example, because the, um, the rate of the decline in the value of the currency is outpacing the rate of improvement in a legacy manufacturing. Mm. That's why you see prices going down in high-tech things like, like uh, big-screen TVs, but you don't see them go down in cars, for example, because the, the growth curve, the development curve of the technology in a, in a big-screen TV is so much more rapid that it's outpacing the decline in the value of the dollar, whereas a legacy manufacturing like automotive can't keep up, so your price of your cars keeps going up and up and up. Interesting. And we're supposed to have flying cars right now, and we don't. So what's going on <laughs> with that? <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts tonight, enemy? That's good, Mark. Or Ian, I'm sorry. Well, thank you. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. The suggestion earlier was that, and I, it wasn't you that suggested it. I forget where it came from. But somebody suggested that, oh, well, if we had just had gold as a currency, then growth wouldn't happen as quickly. And you then came back to that by saying, well, the booms and the busts wouldn't be happening. I think it's silly to say that growth wouldn't happen as quickly in a true free marketplace with competing currencies. You'd have, uh, you'd have unlimited innovation, unlimited competition. You'd have incredible amounts and of wealth stable being created. businesses because they wouldn't be reacting to a fiat currency in the way that uh, the, the construction companies have. And go, so many of them have gone out of business. More coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free, bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the website. All the features, they are completely free, including live streams. We've got a broadband version, a dial-up version, and a webcam. They're all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. It's SACL CAI. They're the main sponsor of the show. You can find out more about them by going to the banner at the top right-hand side of uh, freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls. John is on the line calling from the Internet. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, nice to, nice to be able to talk to you. How are you doing? What's on your mind tonight, John? Well, I wanted to talk about loan sharks. Uh, most people think pretty lowly of loan sharks, uh, right? What uh, is a loan shark? Can you define it? Well, let's say, uh, let's say I was a loan shark. I have loads of money. Uh, people know that if they can't get loans elsewhere, they can come to me. I'll charge them outrageous rates, but they'll get their loan. So uh, some poor fool comes to me for a loan. I tell him, uh, I'll give you this amount of cash. If you would agree to pay back the principal plus interest, that uh, compounded monthly at some outrageous rate. What would you say is outrageous? Well, uh, just an example. Um, an outrageous rate, what, 21%, 25%, 30%, compounded monthly, whatever. That's pretty outrageous. Anyway, he agrees to it, signs a contract, and I realized that, 
there's a high probability that he's not going to be able to pay back that loan. And if he doesn't pay back that loan, that'll give me a right to take his real property as collateral, as per the contract that he signed, right? Sounds that way. Um, that sounds like a pretty uh, despicable thing to do. I mean, you're basically setting somebody up to take their property, right? Well, no, they've consented to the deal, right? I mean, they weren't uh, not they weren't uninformed. They got into this knowing what the rate was, and they knew what they wanted the, to use the money for, and they were willing to pay that rate, and they knew what the consequences were, didn't they? Right, exactly. I mean, it's so, all in the terms so of the contract that if they don't pay. They pay back their loan. I threaten to take their house, their car, whatever. They beg for mercy, and what do I tell them? I say, well... You know, I'm sorry about your situation, but uh, if I let you get away with not paying your loan, I'll be a pushover. Other people will refuse to pay back their loans. My whole operation will collapse. Nothing personal, but just business, and you sign a contract, right? Uh-huh. Sounds good. Okay. So how does that compare to what the city of Keene did yesterday? It's, it's almost exactly the same. I'm not sure no, what you're getting at. it's not exactly the same, no. Well, there's no contract in the city of Keene. Well, that's true. There's no contract, so it's worse. You never signed a contract to pay property tax. Fair, fair enough. You did know that when you purchased your real property, there would be a certain amount of tax, but you can't really opt out of that property tax. You can't say right. – yeah, and, and the city council was able to raise that property tax without your consent. As a matter of fact, uh, I was speaking to a gentleman last night, and this is just the city of Keene. This happens all over the nation. Um, when he Correct. bought his house in 1991 uh, here in Keene, his taxes were 1800 a month. When uh, This year they were $7,100 a month. Per month? Oh, excuse me. I'm $1,800 per year. Um, I mean, they're 70, bad, but <laughs> – And unlike an exorbitant interest rate on a balance of a loan – uh, taxes, these property taxes never go away. They never end. They, they yeah. don't shrink like a loan would, like the interest on a loan would as you start paying it Even off. Even after Instead, you they die. Go up. <laughs> Even after you're dead, they're still charging property taxes. One of the houses they stole last night at the uh, the city council meeting here in Keene was a house that was just unoccupied. The old lady that had lived there had passed away. They didn't know who else, they didn't know who the owner was, and so nobody had paid taxes on it. So they stole that house from no, I mean, from no owner, but they took it anyway. So the, t- the taxes don't even end on, upon death. I think you make it a good point, and I think are you it's still there? Kind, I'll tell you another way that it's similar to the to it's similar to some of the worst uh, sort of stereotypes of loan sharks out there. The ones where they send Guido over to bust your kneecaps, because that's what happens is violence will ensue if this is not if it's not paid. If you don't evacuate the property mm-hmm. when they come to kick you off of it, inevitably all these things escalate to horrible violence. Right, but you see, when you spoke about this yesterday, it made me think of loan sharks and the way loan sharks do business, but the difference between a loan shark and the city council is that the loan shark has you agree to it, and you sign a contract. You you yep. enter that voluntarily, whereas the city of Keene is more like a mafia. They they have a certain area that they, uh, they control, and uh, they go to the businesses, and they say, okay, you have to pay a certain amount of protectionist money yep. if you want to do business in our area. Uh, they can raise the amount of that uh, protectionist fee without your consent, and they realize that when they raise it, some people in the area are going to fall behind, and then they're going to threaten them to take their real property. You beg for mercy. They say, hey, if we let you get away with this, other people will refuse, and uh, our whole business will collapse. Uh, 
Yeah. That's yeah, win-win you, for them. I mean, they get they either get property taxes out of you or they get to steal your property and then auction it off to the highest bidder or use it for their own purposes. So, yeah, I mean, it, and you're absolutely right. And it's not just the city of Keene. That just happens to be where we do this show from. So right, we're tied right. into I mean, what's anywhere. going on here. It's all municipalities, all people calling themselves government uh, at all, all across the board do the exact same thing. They just steal and threaten people and and they get away with it. The only difference between governments and gangs is a flag flying out in front of the building. Exactly. And actually, your protection racket uh, analogy is a better one, I think, than the loan shark one, because that's essentially what you're doing. You're paying protection fees. You're paying the, when the mafia comes and says that they're going to protect you for a fee. What they're basically saying, and they will actually defend you against other criminals um, when they do that. But what you're primarily paying the fee for is so they won't attack you. So yep. they will not come in and and bust out uh, all of your all of your. Um, uh, your store and everything inside the store and probably hurt you really badly as well. Uh, you're paying a protection fee. But they and that's don't exactly want, what you're doing with the city. You know, the thing about these bureaucrats, though, and these politicians is if you call them the mafia, they take big offense to that. They don't want to be associated with that with that organization. If you call them violent, they will they will distance themselves. And they want to they pretend get- like they're not violent. They want to pretend like this is all by agreement, that there's some magical social contract out there that, oh, yeah, you may not have actually signed something, but that's okay. You still... By moving into this geographical designation, you have therefore agreed to all of the arbitrary laws that we've decided to make up. And if you don't like it, well, you can go some to some other geographical uh, designation uh, where you, there will be more laws you don't like. They would get offended if you compared them to loan sharks. Sure. And loan sharks are, are honest people compared to the city yeah. The loan shark should be offended by the comparison, if anything. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You know what? Tomorrow morning, uh, the, 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 I want to invite listeners who haven't yet experienced this to uh, to check out the talkback thing that goes on on Saturday mornings on the Free Talk Live live streams at freetalklive.com. Listen.freetalklive.com. If you're tuned in from 9 to uh, to noon tomorrow Eastern time, you'll hear the uh, this local show. And these gangsters we're talking about... These city council people will be on that show, and there are going to be, I'm sure, a number of activists that will be calling in and essentially holding their feet to the flames, and who knows what kind of conversations will ensue. But they stole people's houses from them this week, and they're going to be hearing about it tomorrow morning. So people that even aren't in the Keene area can listen in, and they can go uh, to uh, chat.freekeen.com, and they can go hop into the chat room there. There are people chatting during the show, and it's it's uh, it's a way that people who aren't in New Hampshire and not in Keene can actually get a little interactive with some of the uh, the activism up here. Yeah, I'm tempted to call him uh, tomorrow. Talk you about should. The comparison with the loan shark and uh, the whole thing I talked to with you and see what their response to that would be. Give it a shot. Uh, it seems like the bulk of the calls happen between 10.30 and noon, as obviously it's Saturday morning. People are waking up when that, whenever they wake up. But yeah, hop right. on over at uh, freekeen.com and join the fun. And I thank you for the call tonight. Great points. Yeah, I, I, I'm of the opinion that... Uh, it it sounds kind of weird when people from out of the area call in, except for I love the foreigner foreign guys calling in from Europe. You mean yeah, that when they yeah. when they call in, I think that's just great. I can't I can't believe how you people conduct yourselves over there. You're you're barbarians. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you mean like, awesome. for, for, like governors from California or something? Yeah, just like them. <laughs> 
There, there's been a guy that's called from uh, like Finland or Sweden or something like awesome. that a couple of times, and yeah, it really has an effect. It must have an effect on them because they they're sitting there doing what they think is this show that's pretty much just going out to the Keene area, but there are people around the world listening because we stream it on our website. Uh, so again, you can join the fun tomorrow morning at chat.freekeen.com and listen to the Free Talk Live live streams if you want to hear that. 800-259-9231. More coming up. Your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 800 259 9231, it is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter through that link... Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, Amazon likely sells it. They've got dozens of categories in which you can shop, plus used items. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, shop at Amazon. Amazon Amazon.freetalklive.com. We'll get a cut if you enter through that link. We continue with your phone calls and talk to Alan, listening in Nebraska. Alan, are you listening on a radio station? Yes. uh, Somebody has a microtransmitter around here. About, I'm at work, but uh, it, it radiates about two miles around. Pretty cool. Is it on AM or FM? FM. You know what the frequency yeah. is? 95.9 in no. Lincoln. 95.9 in Lincoln? Yeah, I shouldn't say that because I don't want the authorities to find it. Oh, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Uh, pirate radio it, it basically has to be reported first for the so-called authorities to make any kind of moves. With the exception of Florida, uh, Florida has its own law that they passed recently against pirate radio operators. But the rest of the country, to my understanding, they don't have anything like that. So in order for that guy to get busted... Somebody would have to uh, snitch him out, basically, to the FCC. Then the FCC would have to initiate an investigation. They'd have to send one of their agents out to Lincoln, because I can tell you they don't have any in Lincoln that are just hanging around trying to find people with uh, with pirate radio stations. And from what I understand, there are only a, a very few, maybe just a couple or not very many FCC investigators out there. So the amount of places they can be at one time is very limited. Um, so it's actually a fairly, it's actually a relatively safe endeavor to be engaging in uh, in pirate broadcasting from what I can tell, especially if you're doing it from like a rented house or something like that where it's not easy for the FCC to find out who the operator is. And even then, once they find you, if they find you, they're only they're going to put up a warning on your house first. They're going to come and deliver a warning. So it's not like they're going to do anything right off the bat. That gives you plenty of time to shut down the operation, move it somewhere else, uh, or just ignore them and continue operation. So I wouldn't be too concerned about yeah, it. It generally takes a couple of years for them to do anything about it. Someone, has, someone has to care, it sounds like. Mm-hmm, exactly. And usually it's the uh, the, the licensed broadcasters that, that complain. Because, right. well, we we jumped through all these hoops and paid all these fees to get our license. That's not fair that you can just flip a power switch on a transmitter and start transmitting. So they're the ones that'll that'll complain to the FCC. And, you know, what? Uh, I've been thinking recently about this. I know this wasn't the reason you called, but uh, but I've been thinking recently about 
how antiquated the FCC is and how it is that they, if somebody was serious about running a pirate radio operation today, and there are some serious operators out there, there are some things they could do that would make them untouchable. We can talk about that coming up. But what were you calling about tonight? Well, uh, continue momentarily on your thread of where you went with this. Uh, that's good to know because I've got a 20-watt broadcast or transmitter that I bought on eBay that's on its way. Oh, sweet. They, Did you get one of those they, Chinese uh, HLLY brand ones? Yeah. it's. Uh, they say it'll go a six-mile radius. So AM or FM? It's an FM. 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 FM's a lot cheaper. I've looked at the AM, but there's a lot of them on eBay right now, and they're selling way cheaper than what they normally do. Yeah, they're really cheap, and uh, one of the guys uh, here in uh, in the the area has one of the I think it's a 15 waters, and he's been experimenting with it. And I uh, I know that you know it's, it's such an affordable price. You can get what what did you pay for it for the 20 watt? What I did is I bid on a 20 watt and I bid on a 5 watt, and then I won the 5 watt for a hundred bucks, including shipping from China, including an antenna and cable. Yeah. And I emailed him, and I said, you had two 20-watts that sold for around 200, and actually they were less than that. But I said, would you be willing to upgrade this to a 20-watt, and I'd pay 200? And he said, yeah, he would. Man, those guys in Hong Kong, they're willing to wheel and deal, man. They are uh, they're pretty amazing businessmen over there. So what else is on your mind tonight? Well, one of your, I think it was the last caller, but you guys were talking, whoever mentioned the loan sharks, and somebody mentioned property taxes. But the other night on Jeff Rince's show, I think it was when he had Dr. Truott on. It may have been the guest prior to that, but I don't remember. But he had said that he, like 25 years ago, had ran for county commissioner. And he said that through his research for running, he found out that, and he was amazed back then, but that a third of the property taxes go to the local municipalities and a third go to the state. He said, but a third of it went to an offshore Cayman Islands British bank account. And he said that most every place in the country is that way. And it was uh, basically that we didn't win the War of 1812. He said, when your capitals burnt to the ground or you know whatever it was, he said, that's pretty much a sign that you didn't win. But they had to pay... Well, he backed up and he said that the Paris Treaty that was signed by Ben Franklin that that was signed, that we had to pay war reparations. In other words, we had to pay for the Hessian soldiers' families the money that had to be paid out. A lot of this, I, I wasn't sure. I can't. Wait, what is that? Claim. How does that tie into? How does the war reparations tie into the property taxes going going into a secret bank account? I'm a little confused. We didn't have money. Who's we? The United States was broke at the end of the Revolutionary War, and but he said that a third of the property taxes is going basically to British interests. That's an interesting allegation. Don't know what evidence there is for it. I mean, you're getting it from a, a radio show where they talk about ghosts and stuff like that. So I'm not sure what the, you know, I'm not sure what the credibility is that uh, that you're that you're getting to. Uh, in fact, you know, any radio show should be taken, any news source should be taken with a grain of salt and should be, you know, the, the claim should be verified independently. And so it sounds to me like you got one guy making some claims. I mean, there's some other claims that actually have some uh, some 
some evidence to back them up, and that is the comprehensive annual financial reports. Uh, those are something that people might want to take a look at as far as to find out how it is the money is really being spent in your local city governments. Uh, something that's above and beyond the city budget is the CAFR, the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. And I think you'll, you'll find some real evidence for that beyond just the claims of one guy in a radio show. Well, and I'm not saying that we – yeah, I take I, I take everything with a grain of salt from most people. But, Very good, sir. Uh, Dr. Truott, I think I would trust. But, but anyway, at any rate, all these things can be – but, you know, it's something for somebody to look into. Something to more. look into. There you go. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. I don't trust anything I hear on Jeff Rents personally, and I don't listen to him because <laughs> he's nuts. 800-259-9231, or at least that's what I hear. I don't know the guy personally. I've just, I've just heard things. I don't the think we mill. need. That's the thing about a lot of these. Um, we don't need these fantastic stories about some money going to Britain to be really upset over property taxes. Yeah, does it I mean, really matter where, um, you know, who's wasting the money and where it goes? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, what matters is that they're stealing money from people. doesn't like, matter what they do with it. Yeah, it's like the 9-11 conspiracies. Uh, maybe whether they're true or not seems almost completely irrelevant. It's, it's, uh, it's like uh, if, if somebody uh, – if some, it's like if someone had killed 20 people – in horrible, horrible ways, and you found out, oh, they killed four more, you know, or something, and it's like, well, who, does that matter at that point? I mean, they're guilty. They're really, really guilty, and you look at, at, the, at the things that our government has done, and whether or not they, uh, you know, 9-11 conspiracy theories are true or not, you would think people would be infuriated at the things right. that our government has done. Does so. it make them that much more evil that they uh, killed 3,000 people, allegedly killed 3,000 people in the uh, the Twin Towers ver- versus the hundreds of thousands that they've killed over in other countries, uh, if not more than hundreds of thousands? I mean, does that make them all significantly more evil because they added 3,000 to that total? I don't see Some it. Some would say. If it were true. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, so, so here's my idea for the uh, the pirate radio station, right? Because the FCC is not built for the 21st century. The FCC and their regulations and their rules are just not They're built. They're not built for the late 20th century, right. century quite honestly. Uh, it, all you really need to do is you need three locations. You need one location with at least three locations. One location with an audio source. So some sort of streaming audio, something that you're, you know, that wherever it is you're creating your, your audio for, from MP3s, whatever it is you're doing, live shows, whatever your source is. You've got your studio, right? And then you stream from there to the transmitter locations, which you have at least two of them. One transmitter location is on, the other is off. So the other is a sort of a backup location. So the one transmitter is on and running constantly, 24 hours a day, getting the audio over the Internet from the studio location. So if the FCC gets wind of your operation and they show up eventually, and as you said, Mark, this could take a long time, the FCC finally gets wind and they warn the, fir- the transmitter location, because that's what they're going to find with their radio reading devices as they zero in on the location. They warn that location, you have them shut down operations and have the other, the second location turn on operations across town. And then they, you know, where do they find the radio station? How <laughs> do they couple find of, it? A couple of years in, yeah. And even if they bust one of them, you flip another one on. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? 
First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We continue here with your phone calls about whatever you want. Talk to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind today, Just Frank? turned on the uh, computer and got the... Uh, show uh, was out to gallery openings this evening here in New York. Some interesting work, but I got a kick out of listening to the last comment about how to set up a a pirate radio station and then (laughs) after the uh, FCC is tuning in on it, set up another one across town. Really brilliant, but uh, you have to be careful now. What What used to be just sort of uh, student, college student fun with pirate radio stations now can be pretty serious, according to the uh, Homeland mm-hmm. Security Act and the Patriot Act. Really? What do you mean? So, yeah, because it interferes with the quote-unquote national security grid. No oh, good. So you grief. may not want to really? you may not want to advise uh, people of that. You know, you know how ridiculous our government has been. Well, I, the I last understood. Years. They haven't done it yet. Yeah. Um, do you have evidence of somebody running a pirate station being brought up on terrorism charges? Well, the point is, since since the FCC regulates the communications, and since we've been under a state of alert since 9-11, yeah, those things are essential components. I don't have the law up or my computer up right now, but if you scan the legislation, they talk about the communications and the uh, data security and different things, and they do consider radio transmission sort of essential in the broadcast waves and all that. Well, I think anybody that's going to start their own pirate-slash-community radio station without begging for permission first uh, is going to understand that they are facing some potential for losing some freedom. I mean, that's, Correct. there's you know, a potential there. In New Jersey, a number of the college uh, universities and university students would frequently do that. And, you know, sometimes you get some of the most interesting programming, uh, you know, on the radio, on the FM band or the AM band, and then you'd find out that it was sort of like a pirate station and it wouldn't, uh, you would, you know, you'd lose it and then maybe, you know, a few months later another one would pop up. Mm-hmm. But it's, it usually represents uh, very free-form programming, especially if you're doing, let's say, music programming or uh, 
content. I'm a huge material. fan. I've always been a fan of pirate radio. It's what got me into the the legitimate side of the business. Sure. Uh, just my interest in in pirate uh, pirate radio, and it's always been outrageous to me that somebody couldn't operate a transmitter without begging the government for permission first. How but how also, insulting! The ideal way to do it would be to have a large enough transmitter on a boat outside of the international uh, outside of the international uh, water line. They've shut them so down that too. You're actually out in free territory. And Have then they what really? you want to do is is send the transmission into a specific area like maybe Boston or New York, but you have to be out there pretty far to do it. Yeah, like that 200 costs miles. a lot of money. Yeah. But 200 miles? You wouldn't be it. able to make that trip I into Boston. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I think that that's an old... They used to do that outside of London, if I remember correctly. In the 70s. Correctly. But um, they've, they've changed the laws now, Frank, to where that that's just not even possible. Um, you know, I, th- I think you're if you want to do it, you're better off just um, moving it around and, you know, you know the government's you ponderous know and slow. That, who did that in a nasty way was the United States, the CIA, yes. when they were hassling Castro... And they did that in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Where they would actually send down people with uh, radio transmission equipment to break up the Radio Havana, you know, the regular, uh, mm-hmm. you know, national broadcast from Castro and do different things. The state radio, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, then it really does become a matter of, you know, international security and, you know, violating the uh, airwaves of the nation and things. But the U.S. government has the best technology for that. They do that all over the world when they destabilize regimes. Jamming radio transmissions, yeah. you mean? but also sending their own, you know, uh, they, they call that, what, disinformation programming or something. And it's always exciting when they do that because... Uh, you know, as you said, you set up one transmitter, and then you can shut that down when they're ready to find it. Then you open up another one, and it kind of, uh, uh, you know, keeps them busy. But, uh, you know, that's been a... And a they don't like of... being busy, let me tell you. They're bureaucrats. Thank you, Frank, for the call. <laughs> they get paid lots. They do get paid pretty well. They're federal, any federal bureaucrat gets paid pretty well. Uh, but, of course, talking about the idea of the, the feds coming in and, and busting somebody... You had pointed out during the break, Mark, that my example was a little bit, maybe a little too complicated for uh, for people. What as far as what the minimum would be to run a, a pirates uh, or community station? Really, the bare minimum you need is like, like that guy that called in a, a few minutes ago. He or in the last hour was telling us he'd gotten this FM transmitter on eBay for like a couple hundred bucks with an antenna. You could probably spend another hundred and get a decent antenna, like a, an, a, an antenna that can actually handle it, that, that, that's a little better than the freebie one. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could probably cover a relatively small city. I mean, if you're talking about a, a city the size of Keene, for instance, you could cover that fairly well, I think, with uh, with 20 watts with a decent antenna. And so really all you'd need is that uh, you'd need the transmitter, the antenna, you need an audio uh, source, which you can use the Liberty Radio Network for, uh, or whatever you want for, and you don't even need a computer. You just you can get this uh, this little box that'll receive audio streams off the internet, and you can use any internet audio stream. What's that box and just called? it's called a Barracks X streamer. You can get the details on that uh, at the the Free Talk Live forum. There's a forum dedicated to helping people set up their own micro stations and outside uh, of the United States because we would never advocate uh, pirate broadcasting inside the United States. What is it? Is it illegal to advocate that? I don't know. I don't know if it's illegal. Uh, it, it probably is contrary to what uh, perhaps I, I doubt the our, FCC would like us doing that, or um, perhaps our affiliates. Well, I don't advocate anybody competing with our affiliates. I mean, if the affiliates are are uh, are taking Free Talk Live, then they should be uh, a let have yeah. Free Talk Live. There's there's very little chance of anybody uh, broadcasting, you know, listening to this show and then setting up a competing broadcasting uh, broadcast if they're 
you know, Free Talk Live's already on the air. Right. I'm down. talking about areas where there is no pro-liberty content on the radio or somebody who's interested in doing it. It wouldn't be hard and the, the prices of, just keep going down. Yeah, a lot of people would, would probably rebroadcast Free Talk Live or, like you said, the Liber- Little Liberty Radio Network. And, uh, and another thing you said was just, you know... Uh, stay off the the radar by don't step on anyone's toes. You know, find that's a, a good point. Find a station that's not being used, and be sure that you're not stepping on the toes of someone who is actually licensed and has a then has a particular incentive to uh, be upset that you're on the air. <laughs> One of the things you also want to look into is uh, whether the transmitter you has uh, that you're buying has a filter on it, because when you transmit. They have these things called harmonics in radio. So if you're transmitting at 100 megahertz, then harmonics will mean that there's probably a transmission on 200 megahertz and 400 megahertz. And so you have to have a, a, a device inside your transmitter or on the outside of the transmitter attached to it, basically, that will filter out those extra transmissions. Because otherwise, that's when they're going to come to you and they're going to say, well, even though you're on a clear channel here in, in the FM band, you're interfering with the uh, the air traffic controllers up at the, the upper frequencies. Mm. So you've got to be careful with uh, with what you're getting into there. So, but, but if as long as you're a good neighbor and uh, you're not stepping on anybody else's toes, it's very unlikely the FCC is even going to get wind of you. One eight hundred. Likely true, especially if you're in, in some you know rural area. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And if you're in a rural uh, rural area, then that those are areas that are very underserved as far as radio is concerned. Yeah, I mean, if that's you're in the a, sad thing about it is, um, you know, the FCC has these huge expensive licenses, and th- these people in in so many rural areas, if you could just Put up a radio station. You could serve these people that right. much better. And you know, New York City, you can't do it. Uh, the, the The band's full, chuck full. So you couldn't uh, broadcast there without stepping on somebody, and that's going to cause real problems. That that's as far as I'm concerned. That's that's uh, about the same thing as uh, you know, burglarizing somebody's property. If you if you go under their there's uh, you know bandwidth. However, um, or you know. It, position on the dial however if if you're in some area that's you know not being served and there's empty dials position i don't see why somebody shouldn't be able to put whatever up there right and yeah if you listen if think about it if you live in dust bowl wyoming and i don't even know if that's a real place but if you live in some little town with a population of i don't know five thousand people there the fcc is not going to cut you a break on the licensing fees because you live in a smaller area they're not going to cut you a, uh you know a special rate on the application fees, I mean, you've got to pay fees just to apply for a radio station. So anybody that actually puts it out there and actually goes and gets a radio license from the FCC is already way behind the ball. They've got to make up all those costs through advertising. Plus, we're not even talking about the cost of, of putting the station on the air and all of that. If they didn't have to go through the, the FCC's bureaucratic hurdles and could just put a station on the air, then they wouldn't have to worry so much about making up that, that money that they put out, that they laid out to get that operation started. And the businesses that have a real business behind them aren't going to be uh, aren't going to have any problems. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Bring them what you want. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are free, so enjoy those uh, on us, including the bulletin board system. Over 400,000 posts, free for you to enjoy. All kinds of uh, things to talk about, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? 
If you knew thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And join all of the fun that uh, we're having up here in New Hampshire, where things just continue to get more and more interesting. There was a threat a sort of a, a veiled threat revealed to one of the activists here recently. Of course, we told you last night about how uh, about 13 uh, activists just here in the Keene area showed up at a city council meeting and booed the city council members when they stole people's houses from them last night. Dale, you were actually there for this. Yep. And uh, somebody is suggesting that they're, they're, the city may be planning some retaliation. And uh, apparently what happened is that... Let me, let me read this post for you here from for the Freekeen Forums at uh, forum.freekeen.com. One of the local activists uh, tells us that essentially there's a guy that is organizing the, uh, the, the Fully Informed Jury Association outreach on a monthly basis here in, in the Cheshire County area. Right. This is a peaceful outreach of people handing out information to potential jurors. Right. It, it's, it's information that, that lets jurors know that you as a juror, and this applies across the country. This isn't a New Hampshire thing. You as a juror have the right to say not guilty based on your opinion of the law. So it doesn't matter if all the facts in the case are pointing to so-and-so possessing, you know, three pounds of marijuana or whatever the case might happen to be. It doesn't matter if they caught him red-handed. If you disagree with the law, so if we're talking about drug cases, if you, if you like we do, think the drug, uh, the, the drug war is insane and should be ended, then you have the right as a juror to say not guilty based on your opinion of the law. And it was the, the final check and balance on the, the governmental system, the right. fourth branch of, of government, if you will. And this, they, is, they, this is the way that slavery, uh, in, some, in some ways, that slavery was done away with, and certainly the way prohibition was done away Alcohol prohibition, with. yeah. Mm. Because people would go onto these juries, that people would go onto these juries and they would, uh, they would not convict their neighbors. So some neighbor of theirs would be arrested for running a speakeasy and they wouldn't convict them. And they'd, they'd throw it out. So it was basically a way to nullify bad laws. And we should say, actually, potential jurors. These are people who are showing up for jury duty right. who may become jurors. So what, what the activism is, is the, uh, the activists here in the area will stand out in front of the courthouse during the time frame the jurors are expected to arrive for jury selection and basically hit every single one of them as they come in, whichever ones will take the flyers, which is like 90% here in uh, New Hampshire, whereas where I was down in Florida doing the same thing was more like... 40 or 50 percent that would take the flyers so a lot more people take the flyers up here and uh, we've been doing this now for well over half uh, almost coming up on our first year it started back in august of last year so consistently month after month the activists have been out there flyering these jurors as, as they've been coming in with fija information as the fully informed jury association you can learn more about them at fija f-i-j-a fija.org get your own flyers do this in your own area it's a great it's a great little bit of activism. It doesn't take a lot of time. You know, the 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 window the jurors have to show up in is usually only about a half an hour long. So you just go out like in our case it's once a month. You go out once a month and you hand these things out. I really wish Manchester would start doing it. I've thrown the challenge it. out there yeah. uh on this show and I know those guys listen. I know people that live in other areas of the state listen. I've thrown the challenge out. I've said, "Look, you guys over in Manchester have 
far more activists than the than the Keene area does. Why aren't you doing this? Right. It's not like you don't have the manpower. You don't need more than four or five people for this activism. No, I think the too many would be uh, almost daunting to the the, the jurors. Yeah. Honestly. Well, here's what's here's what's going down, or what may go down. Uh, it's all speculation, but it's based on a phone conversation that the the guy who's kind of putting these protests or these outreaches together, he calls the court every month. And he asks them the week before, he says, hey, is jury selection still going to happen on Monday? Just to make sure it's still going on, that we don't waste our time, right? Mm-hmm. So he calls up the court, and he says, well, will there be jury selection as usual this Monday? And the bureaucrat responds, yes. Does this concern FIJA outreach? He said, it does. The bureaucrat responded, will it be held outside? He said, yes. Is there a problem with that? And the bureaucrat responded, I'm not at liberty to say it could just be an intimidation tactic, but uh, I have seen veiled threats like this. Like last time when the court, uh, when the Keene District Court uh, decided to start posting warnings about whether you stand and follow all the court procedures mm-hmm. and, and dress everyone is required to stand. Yeah, that you would face sanctions. They added that with the intent, with knowing that we were coming on a certain day. It was for us. It was very clearly for us, and it was with the intent to, you know punish us in some way i don't know what sanctions was going to be actually someone found out later that it would have been like two or three days in jail basically mm, but for, they never did for it. not standing well yeah well they they did um i think that in fact people um either didn't go into the courtroom at all or they just stood they went ahead and but stood, but know. after that there have been people that yeah, have not true. stood and they've been left that's alone. true they left the sign up and they and they eventually you know so we don't know until it, until it actually happens if they're bluffing. I mean, what are they getting at here? What are they hinting at? No way to know for sure. Mm-hmm. But it certainly sounds kind of ominous. So these messages have been posted now, and the activists are responding, as they tend to do. And when the government is tyrannical and awful, the activists get more energized, and they come out, and they come out in greater numbers. They don't seem to get that. No, it's I, so funny to me. Like, now there's more and more people volunteer. We're going to have more volunteers than ever. We've got people coming this, in uh, from other areas for this now right i mean it's going to be huge this this monday morning is going to be the biggest fully informed jury outreach ever and i know mark you're saying that having too many people is going to be daunting to the uh, the jurors i don't know about that well, it's going to be an i understand site. that we should probably be careful about how we place people yeah. but the important thing is that people show up uh, i don't want to have a line of people handing out flyers that's really intimidating you don't want to go we can have people yeah. nearby who can take the place of someone if for some reason they're ushered off by police or something or, or right. God forbid, arrested, whatever. We'll have people handing out the flyers, and then we can just have people hanging out. I mean, out front, people with video cameras, people with audio recording devices. Because so. uh, the regular man on the street loves to be video recorded. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I wasn't suggesting recording the uh, the jurors coming up. You just want to have the cameras there in case something happens. Right, for an incident. For that's, instance, not, that's not interesting. I wouldn't video. record. I wouldn't record everybody. I, I don't want right. um, to. I don't want to discourage the. Uh, I want to. I want to make the uh, the potential jurors comfortable. So right. Uh, so so we'll see what happens. Maybe nothing will happen. Maybe you know this was just a bluff. Maybe nothing will happen. But either way, it's going to be a tremendous turnout. Uh, and and uh, you know I bring this up as an example of what we can do now because we just have so many activists here in New Hampshire and we're we're still just on the beginning cusp of this whole free state project thing. and the most at the most motivated activist I've ever met in my life and I've been involved in activism before I've never seen people with this kind of energy and motivation but yet Mark you have an email from somebody who's saying it's not going to work yep, somebody but, who's uh, very uh, negative Nancy about this whole free state project well thing? Uh, negative Ned perhaps negative um, Ned yeah the, the gentleman's name is Chili um 
And, uh, you know, he's he's got some things to say about why he just doesn't think it's going to work. I think it's already working, so I'm very interested to hear what he has to say. I don't know if he's been paying attention. We'll find out here in moments. 800-259-9231. It sure as hell's working better than it did down in Florida. Because nothing was going on down there. Nothing that I didn't start and I didn't initiate was going on down there. 800-259-9231. You bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Government officials like to think they know better than the rest of us. They tell us what we can buy and when we can buy it. Everything from guns and booze to cold medicine and cigarettes. Now they've gone even farther. Cities across the country are now trying to tax and ban bottled water. That's right. Simple, no alcohol, no caffeine, no calorie bottled water. They say it's wasteful and buying it is, quote, stupid. But who are they to decide? If politicians decide you shouldn't even be able to buy bottled water, what's next? Visit us at enjoybottledwater.org and sign the petition to keep the nanny state out of our water bottles. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, features including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website, going back for an entire year. Completely free for you at freetalklive.com. Uh, we are, if we get a chance, we'll get to your email, Mark, with a critic of the Free State Project, but we got to go to your phone calls. That's what the show's about. Let's start, ladies first, with Meg listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Meg, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. All righty. I was just wondering if you guys could tell me, I just heard tonight about tea parties that are, are kind of happening spontaneously and that the main news isn't covering them. Well, I mean, yeah, there's tea party coverage. A little bit. I mean, there's tea parties going on over all over the nation. Yeah. What are they? What are they about? They seem to be Republican rallies, um, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> uh, you know, now that uh, the Republicans have been voted out after uh, uh, six years of uh, a big old party in Washington, D.C., where they were taking taxpayer money and shoving it in their pockets and shoving it in their friends' pockets, they decided, well, let's get back to principles. We're the party of small government, and uh, we, 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 we support the Constitution and everything that's about, and we're going to get a permit, and we're going to open up some tea bags, and we're going to sprinkle them in some water, and that'll show them up it's, in Washington. Yeah, it's a very good call. It's a campaign against the Democrats. Okay. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Meg. 800-259-9231. Yeah, I, I like the... I, 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 like I like where they're coming from. Right, I, I like the, the sentiment behind it. I like that they're against what's happening, but but the problem is... I don't trust is, them. I, it doesn't <laughs> feel sincere, does it? No, they're blind. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, now all of a sudden it's a socialist country? I mean, uh, within the last three months, America's gone down the road to socialism? Like Bush hasn't contributed massively right. to socialism. Massively. Right. So their their analysis of what's happening today is pretty much correct in that, yes, Barack Obama is taking the country down the road to socialism, but what they don't realize is that, you know, Ron Reagan and George Bush and Bill Clinton and all the presidents who've come before Barack Obama paved the way this far, and they don't realize we're already, you know, 50% of the way down the road, at least in the healthcare industry, we're 50% of the way down the road towards socialism. That's a big one. That's a big part of socialism, yeah. and uh, and Bush put a... He put his... Uh, 
he put his efforts into that. That's so, for sure. So they're they're having these tea parties and 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 they're having success with them in that they're fairly popular. There are thousands of people that have gathered at these parties and and that's great and it's giving these Republicans and a little bit of experience in the realm of doing protests. And I mean they're not used to this stuff, uh, so that's kind of good. And and who knows? Maybe something will end up coming out of it. Maybe uh, you know maybe there's some real positives that we don't even know are going on. Maybe the free staters around the country that haven't moved to New Hampshire yet are hitting these rallies up with. Free State Project flyers, possibly bringing us some some new recruits. I mean, that's a possibility. So there could be some real good things that come out of this down the line that we don't know about. Or there could be nothing that happens as a result. I mean, they could just get together, have their little tea party, and everybody just keeps paying taxes and keeps obeying. So, you know, that's, that's I think, where the real problem lies, is it's one thing to get get out there and yell and, and scream and hold signs and wave them and, and get together and have speeches, but it's another thing to actually do something more tangible about non-cooperating and, and being disobedient, which, of course, none of these Republican types will do because they still believe in the state. They just believe in their version of the state, what their vision for the state is. They have no objection to the state as a concept they just want to have control over it again yeah it has the flavor of that uh secession rally uh, i can't remember which bill it was the HCR number six. for it yeah where they uh it, it felt once i got there i went to go to the rally i didn't really care whether it passed mm-hmm. or not i just went to go to the rally i thought it would be a cool outreach event and it felt very republican it didn't really feel sincere it felt like it you know why didn't it happen la- you know a year two years ago when that when Patriot Act and a bunch of other issues were infringing on states. Because when know. a Republican uh, bends over and screws the pooch, then it's okay. When well, I prefer, I prefer my Republicans on a state level. Um, they they, they uh, don't generally start wars in foreign nations that way. And uh, they're you better about spending, at least in New Hampshire. I, I'm not saying they're great. I'm I just do. Saying, I like New Hampshire Republicans a little better. Than uh, Republicans gener- in general, but the same problem. You know, there are some a lot of the same problems. They're still statists, and uh, they're still statists. And uh, I, yeah, I'm with you though. I mean, I'm not against the Tea Parties or anything. I just found them not inspiring. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't particular. I had no particular motivation to join in. But look and, where we are compared yeah. to where they are, right? I mean, we're here in New Hampshire. We're part of this movement of liberty activists moved here, the Free State Project. We're here because we know that what they're doing doesn't work. We're right. here because we've been through all that before. We're here because we've moved past that. We've moved beyond uh, a, a lot of these tactics, and we, we're trying something different. And these people are doing the same old, same old, but but it's not the same for them because for these people, for the 4,000 people that showed up in Orlando, for instance, you can bet that most of those folks have never done anything like that before. So for them, it's the first time getting into the, the realm of uh, protest and, and, and all of that. And So we can sit here from our position and say, oh, well, we know better because we've been through it before, but they don't. So they're going to have to learn the hard way just like we did. 800-259-9231. Uh, we continue here. Scott in Pennsylvania, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Scott, Pennsylvania, going once. Scott in yeah, PA. Yeah, yes. You're on yes, the hello. air. Can you hear me? Hey there. Yeah, hi. Um, we're going to have an end the Fed rally in Phil in Philadelphia, April 25th. So it's a little bit different than the tax than the Tea Party rallies around the nation. So, um, so what will be different? Know, well, we're going to be protesting the Federal Reserve. A lot of these Tea Parties are trying to push uh, a flat tax. They're not really Ew. trying to go. Yeah, they're they're not really trying to go after the Federal Oil Reserve or you know any of the 
root causes of what's happening in our economy right now. It's my understanding that at these uh, tea parties, there's a lot of speakers that happen to be Republican Party candidates pushing their platform for the next election. So that's probably what's going on, uh, whereas the end of feds, are, you're going to be... What are you going to do exactly? I mean, just you know, pass out literature and be, hold right. signs? And... Yeah, there's going to be an outreach program. We're going to march from... Uh, this uh, city hall to the Constitution Center, and there's going to be speakers there. Uh, Walter Reddy from the Committees of Safety, uh, the Rep uh, Sam Rohrer is going to be there, and a few other people um, from that type of group. Is there a website that people can go to to learn more about this? Uh, well, it's on the Campaign for Liberty. Um, it's uh, in if you're in the area and you're a member of Campaign for Liberty, you'll have found out about this. And I and I suggest that people go to there and um, you know. Now, I know you all have the best of intentions. I know you, you have the best of intentions. I mean, I agree with you. The Federal Reserve should be absolutely abolished, no doubt about it. Ron Paul, of course, has been working toward doing something like that for a long time and really hasn't gotten much of anywhere. I know we had Steve uh, Bierfeld on the show earlier this week from uh, – or Bierfeld, rather, from the Campaign for Liberty. And he was telling us about this and about how Ron, uh, Ron Paul has all these sponsors, these co-sponsors for this piece of legislation. And, of course, that's, I guess, a little unusual. But how about this for a question for you? When will you realize that you're not having an effect? I mean, if, if you have these, uh, these in-the-Fed parties and then, you know, in another 5, 10, 15 years, the Fed's still there, are think, you going to try something different? I think a better way to phrase that would be um, we know what winning looks like. The Federal Reserve goes away. Yeah. What does losing look like? Well, I don't think that ending the Federal Reserve is just, you know, ending the institution. It's also uh, reducing its size or, or auditing it or, you know, making sure that 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 what what they're doing is is what we know that they're doing. So, you know, it, it's. It's, uh, so you so if you could get the Fed to be audited, you'd consider that a win to be a step in the right direction. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's what I would too. Uh, Ron, Ron Ron Paul just introduced an industrial hemp law, so that's a step in the right direction towards marijuana legalization. But it's only it's only a step if it actually happens. Ron okay. Paul introducing a bill doesn't do anything. It's only a step if it actually goes through. Yeah, don't look for any politicians to be noble. Look for a way to make it be in the politician's self-interest to do that. It's the only way it will ever happen. I wish you the best of luck uh, with your protest. I thank you for the call tonight, 800-259-9231. If you can outreach to a few people that didn't know about what the Fed is and you know educate them, then it's probably worthwhile. More coming up. You bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how to promote us over at promote.freetalklive.com. Lots of great ways to help get the show to more ears around the country, around the world. And most of them are free or very, very low cost. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. So, Mark, I know this is a lengthy email from what you've told me, but let's dig into some of it okay. and see what we get to. 
because right. he's critiquing us. He's saying that the Free State Project, not going to work. This is from Chile. First, I, I get what you're trying to do with the Free State Project, but I'm a realist. Okay. Okay. That's always the kicker, right? If you think you're a realist, uh, ch- chances are uh, you're you're about to kick a hole in somebody's, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, breakfast cereal. Well, him saying he's a realist is sort of suggesting that we're all kind of crazy. Right. <laughs> you are not a realist. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm dealing with reality. Therefore, you're in a you're fantasy. Not. Right. So. Um, that's it's, okay. It's not the it's not the most diplomatic way to start, but That's and right. by the way, everybody thinks they're a realist. Everybody in the world thinks they're a realist. So, sure. your you know your version of reality, uh, you know, may or may not, uh, you know, jibe with what somebody else says. Right. The goobers around here call me a liberal or a defeatist. If I so much as disagree with anything that they believe. I'm not sure who the goobers are. My opinion is, don't wrap the American flag too tightly around you. You're cutting off the blood flow to your brain. Who's he talking to? Well, I think he's talking to the goobers at that point. Oh, okay. Got I'm it. from New England, Connecticut, moved to Florida. You're from Florida, moved to New England. So I think I can uh, understand uh, each other a bit. All right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> We're speaking English. We'll, we'll understand. So when Ed and Elaine Brown's, when the Ed and Elaine Brown siege happened, the sheriff in their county bolded and left the feds to take over. And I bet he was reelected. When the U.S. uh, Congress had an approval rating of 9% in the last election, 96% of them were reelected. The number was that low because many incumbents didn't seek re-election. New Hampshire shot down their 10th Amendment resolution, uh, HCR 6, I believe it was, and according to Representative Itza, it can't be brought up again for two years. I heard him say that in another uh, talk radio show. Before that vote failed, I had a glimmer of hope. I thought, well, there's... 435 morons in Washington, D.C., and they won't, that we won't have to worry about. 435 uh, morons in Congress representing 310 million people. Then I realized that New Hampshire has 418 morons representing 1.2 million um, New Hampshire residents. Yeah. After that vote failed, I see no hope for what you're trying to accomplish, and I believe you're wasting your time and energy. So because one political vote failed, there's no hope? Right. The, what HCR 6 was was a Republican, uh, gimme, gotcha uh, vote. That's all it was. And all over the nation, some, some passed, some didn't, and they don't matter. You don't see anything happening because of these. Montana isn't seceding. Oklahoma isn't seceding. It's like the Tea Party rallies. Right. It's just anti-Democrat campaigning. Now, I'll agree with them that they, it should have passed. No Democrat um, should have ever voted against something that backed up the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. But really, what they understood what they were, too. They were just Republican gotcha votes. And so, you know. Is this the best he's got? Because yeah, a political much. bill didn't pass, there's no hope for freedom in well, New Hampshire? I think that uh, he also believes that you know New Hampshire's the free state because the free state project has picked New Hampshire. New Hampshire is not the free state. It is one of the freer states of the – it's probably mm, the freest state, but that's not still not saying much. There's still taxes here. There's still government oppression here. And there are a, what, a, maybe a 1,000 movers, 700 according to the list, and yeah. you know, maybe some more that, some more that haven't uh, signed the list. Big and deal. Just starting to get real yeah, momentum. We're just, we're right. just revving up here. Right. Um, so don't expect us to have pushed this HC, um, HCR 6 through. I don't even – it was a big rally, and it I went like to it. It sounds like sour milk from a Floridian to me. Yeah. Is there more? Yeah, there's plenty right. of, plenty more. Give me some more because okay. that's nothing. So, but hell, as long as it makes you happy, go for it. I'd rather it be – It does. Let me, let me say, just on that point, uh, yes, 
I'm probably, uh, this is the best place to be for anybody who is seeking an activism, a liberty activism experience. Yes, it is incredibly empowering and wonderful to be surrounded by like-minded individuals who think the same way as you do, who also want to achieve liberty in their lifetime. That was not happening down in Sarasota, Florida, where I lived. And there were some people that liked freedom down there, but they weren't willing to do anything about it. And here, it's just fun, too. I there's mean, a lot of fun going even on. Even when here. we're not doing activism, I'm having a great time because I like that. the people here. There's, there's, there's a lot going for it. Right. We've got social regardless. Sundays. We've had people have game nights. Uh, so there's all kinds of socializing that, that happens movie here. Movie nights now, too. That, yeah, movie night's happening now, uh, and so there's there's a lot, and that's just in our area, what's going on here in the in the Keene area, and it's only with maybe a, a, maybe a couple dozen at most people in this area. So the, the camaraderie that is being built, the relationships that are being built, uh, the brainstorming that's happening, it's unprecedented, it's on a scale that I've never experienced in my decade of doing activism as an, as an adult. So, I mean, to, to say that because some political bill didn't succeed means that well, you guys are just hey, no, you're not going to make it up there. I I just I would say this guy's just not paying attention. I'd rather be warm and fuzzy and not shovel snow ever again. If they come for me, my right. gun works here in Florida just as well as it'll work up there. Yep. That's the straw man. And you'll die just like you will here. You won't yeah. even get your hand on your gun because I mean, look, the the, the gun confiscations have gone on around this nation. They don't mm-hmm. come up and they don't. Attention, attention, citizen. Throw down your weapons and come out. You are now under martial law. They don't do that. <laughs> come up they, to your front door. Right. They come up to your front door. There's eight guys, M16s, uh, you know, MP5s yeah. right there. Body armor. <laughs> they don't let you say, oh, excuse me just a minute. Have to go to my uh, gun safe and, uh, you know, work the code and get the gun out to uh, protect my civil liberties here. No, they don't do that. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the straw man. You'll never set your hand on your gun. Unless you're sitting out there smoking cigarettes and just waiting for them to come. Because you don't know when they're coming. Have your own clock tower. It's nonsense. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Have guns. Please have guns. But yeah. don't think that they're going to stop martial the government. Law. Yeah. My point is, the only thing these uh, jerks understand is threats and violence. You and Ian know that. I'm not a violent person, and I'm looking for a fight, and I'm um, not not, uh, anxious to go postal on cops, politicians, or banks that caused all this. They, They may understand violence. But that doesn't matter. They understand it real well. What they to don't. To the point that you can't do anything right. about it. They know exactly how to handle violence. I like that they don't understand how to handle nonviolence. I like That's that they right. don't understand how to handle peaceful uh, solutions and, and the, the activism that is uh, non cooperative and disobedient and all peaceful at the We've same got time. got them spinning. They don't know how to deal with it uh-uh. because they can't just, you know, if, if, the only way they know how to deal with things is with more, more and more violence. And, yep. and it just really doesn't work on us. So I'd, I'd like to, you know, if you hear the uh, tone in, in uh, this gentleman's email here, is it's, it sounds somewhat defeated, right? He says people hear, call him defeated. If you hear the tone that we're um, setting right now, although we're sniping at what he's got to say to some extent, we are, however, very optimistic about what's going on here. That's not happening. I mean, like, there's very few people leaving the Free State Project because they believe things are happening. Yeah. I mean, you know, people come in. And it's homesick. And happen. because it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. I mean, it it is fun hanging around people that believe like you. Absolutely true. So I, you know, I'd like to make that comparison too. And I'm not saying that I don't understand <laughs> where he's coming from. I do. You know, there's times when I wonder whether anything can stop what's going on with the government. But remember, this isn't supposed to stop what's going on from a federal level. Sitting it's supposed the, to going from a state level. Sitting on the beach in Florida isn't going to stop the government. That's for sure. Nope. Doing something about it 
is. And I'd like to say that the Free State Project... The genesis of this idea was Jason Sorens. He's, uh, you know, he's an academic. He came up with this idea back in 2001, and it was based on something. It was based on observations of. He was talking about reality, right? Based on observations of reality as to what happens when a group of people mobilize for a common purpose. Observe Utah. Who moved to Utah? The Mormons did. Is there a difference in Utah compared to oh, other yes. states? Oh, heck yeah. Absolutely. Observe Vermont. Who moved to Vermont in the 70s? Hippies. The hippies. Is there a difference in Vermont compared to a lot of other states? Yes. Yes. Okay, so that's just two examples. I mean, the, the American Revolution, of course, was a lot of people moving to get away from a tyrannical government and to start something of their own. So, so to suggest that a whole bunch of liberty-minded people, thousands in this case, and as you said, we've, we've eclipsed 700 at this point, to have a whole bunch of liberty-minded people move into a state that already has a relatively freedom-oriented mindset. Mm. A lot of the New Hampshire natives get freedom. To some extent, okay? yeah. So there are people moving in, but there are already people here that love the idea of liberty. So we're essentially just reinforcing those folks. To sit there and say, oh, you guys, nothing's going to happen up there. You guys, you should just come back down to Florida and enjoy the beach. I mean, come on, you're, you're ignoring reality. People that are ready to, make a, to, to do something, uh, to stand up for their beliefs and to be the change they wish to see in the world can make a difference. One man who, uh, who's being the change he wishes to see can make a difference. Gandhi proved that. Uh, but we're talking about hundreds and eventually thousands of people who are going to get in, uh, active in so many different ways. And already the state doesn't know what to do about it. I think there's nothing but optimism here in New Hampshire, and as more people come here, we're going to bear that out. In fact, uh, the guys from the former presidents of Bureaucrash are getting ready to load up their RV, and they're going to be here by Sunday here in Keene. We're going to have them on the show Monday night. We'll see you for the live Saturday show tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Are you tired of feeling like you can't keep up with, let alone fight, the never-ending increases in government power? How do we, in one step, eliminate all these abuses and prevent them from returning again? The answer is simple. We must control the money. If it weren't for the Federal Reserve System and the so-called income tax, our government could have never become what it is today. Elite financier Rothschild arrogantly admitted, Permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. That statement says it all. If others control the money, we cannot limit government growth or power. Under our current monetary system, we are slaves to the financial elite. Take the time to learn how this corrupt system works. Purchase a copy of Dishonest Money today. Learn the system, fight it, and abolish the one scam that funds all the rest. Dishonest Money. Available at Amazon or DishonestMoney.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code? 
code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.